Welcome to a Golden Success Podcast, where I'll be sharing the real, raw, and honest accounts of crafting an authentically successful small business, and literally nothing is off limits. I'm Lisa, the founder of Golden Brands, a community and membership platform designed for creatives and small business owners navigating the early stages of their entrepreneurial journey. Join me weekly as we dive into insightful business topics that are going to empower you to take action to get you closer to that authentic version of business success. Welcome to episode two and I wanted to start by saying a huge thank you to everyone who sent me kind messages, suggestions for future topics. I have screenshotted every message that I got about the podcast and I really really appreciate everyone who took the time to send me a message. It truly means the world to me so thank you for listening and for being here for episode two. So we are going to be diving into some of the hard lessons that I've learned from each of the four businesses I've owned. So regardless of where you're at in your business journey right now, I know that there will be something that resonates with you today that I cover. And I do hope that my lessons can help you to move forward in your business and ultimately not make the same mistakes that I have made. There have been a lot of mistakes. Like I had to condense this list because there were just so many things on it. So there may even be a part two of this. So I'll be sharing these lessons across each of those four businesses and why they have been an important part of my business journey. So let's go back to my very first business, Willow Tree Creative. This was my wedding planning and styling business that I started at the age of 24. And this is the business I made the most mistakes in, as you probably could imagine. I had no idea in the world what I was doing. So the first one was I was trying to offer it all. While I started out wanting to be a wedding stylist, that's what I was passionate about and what I really wanted to pursue, what I ended up doing was becoming a wedding planner, an event coordinator, I had a higher range, as well as the styling, I was doing all of these other things because I could see that my competitors were also offering all of these things, so I thought I needed to have this full range of services and offer everything under the sun that my clients could potentially need from me. But what I wasn't realizing was that my competitors were a lot further along in their business journey. They often had a team, they had the experience and the skills, and they had mastered one thing, and then they had started to add on other services, which is a way better way of approaching it than starting off thinking that you need to offer everything under the sun. So if I had have actually niched down and just focused on styling, which is what I was good at, well, kind of good at, to be honest, or probably wasn't that amazing at it, but if I just focused on that and did it really well and built a name for myself as a wedding stylist, then it would have been easier to grow from there and then to start bringing in other services. So that was definitely a big one and I didn't make that same mistake in other businesses that I owned down the track. Another thing I did was following my competitors too closely. So I was really triggered by what all of my competitors were doing because they had these incredible businesses. I was competing with every other wedding stylist and planner in Brisbane and there was some businesses that had been around 10-15 years that were absolutely incredible and I was constantly comparing myself to what they were doing and I was following them almost like a stalker on Instagram. I was following them way, way, way too closely. And this really affected me in the early stages of business. I had so much imposter syndrome. I had so much doubt. And I just thought that I would never be good enough. I would never be enough. And that really, really affected me. So if you're experiencing any of that at the moment, just turn off from what your competitors are doing. Just unfollow them. Don't look at their work. 
don't look at their websites like just try and stay in your own lane as much as you possibly can um, what I also realized too because I was following them so closely that my ideas were not really original ideas anymore because I was inspired by what my competitors were doing so that also you know could have led to problems um, I wasn't copying them but you know when you constantly see work from people that you're following every single day you think you've got a creative idea but it's actually an idea that you've seen that you've been inspired because you've seen it somewhere else so <laughs> that's just one thing I did notice I was also trying to grow too quickly and I wasn't prepared for the growth so I so desperately wanted what everyone else had uh, but I had like no processes no systems I had like no client onboarding process or there was definitely no lead funnel or sales process or marketing strategy like I was doing well and growing but I hadn't really built the foundation out of my business so that was also I didn't actually even know what what they even meant to do like I this was my first business I thought as long as I've got inquiries coming through I'm able to book them and I'm able to do the weddings then it's all win-win but if I had have actually like reversed engineered some of those processes and looked back and like how can I make this easier for myself like what systems do I need what software do I need um, how can I like create a universal um, like onboarding process and like a timeline that my clients receive like if I put like some basic things in place I would have been able to make my life so much easier and another thing I had to learn was that you don't need what everyone else has again I was really caught up with what my competitors were doing they had the office spaces they had the studios they had floral fridges and workbenches and these beautiful styled table setup areas and I remember carping on to my husband that I needed that office space I needed all of these things because that's what everyone else has that's what you need to be a professional legitimate business but I had this beautiful home in Brisbane it was big I had a huge downstairs area a garage I had everything I needed but I just felt it wasn't enough because it wasn't what other people had so that was definitely a good lesson to learn that you do not need what everyone else has there are ways that things can work for you in your own unique way that can be really really successful don't follow or compare yourself to what everyone else is doing also I realized that I was focusing on creating like a perception for example I was building my followers on Instagram that was a really big priority for me like I needed to be constantly building my followers on Instagram whereas that had like no return on investment for my business whatsoever it was just a vanity metric I was also focusing on getting featured in lots of publications and having my work out there everywhere but again that didn't generate any business for me that I know of there were so many other things that I could have concentrated my time my energy my money into that actually had an ROI for my business rather than just making me feel good about myself so that was an important lesson to learn and I think finally with Willow Tree Creative I looking back I realized I needed to trust in what I had to offer this wasn't something that I did so before every wedding that I had taken on before the event day I would often have sleepless nights where I would have a lot of anxiety I would be so stressed out worrying about every single little detail like thinking about how the day is going to run in my mind playing it over and over again trying to piece out where something could go wrong how I could do things better 
and I just needed to kind of let go of that and really just trust in myself and that I could deliver what my clients had asked for. I could do a good job. This was still happening to me three or four years into the business when I had done 50 weddings at that point and I was still doubting myself and having all the stress and anxiety. And I know it is a lot of pressure because I was essentially responsible for what could be the most important day of someone's life. So there was all that pressure, but I just needed to let go of that and just trust that I could deliver. Okay, so now going to my second business, Styled Images, which was my stock image based business that I owned with my friend Christine and the very first lesson I learned from this is that partnerships are not for me (laughs) so I had always envied in my business prior people that had like a co-founder a business partner like someone to do it with so that you didn't have the whole weight of the business on your shoulders and you weren't wearing all the hats in the business and that's what I thought I always wanted was to go into business and have a business partner And I realized very early on, my business partner was incredible. She's a good friend of mine. If you're going to have a business partner, she is the best business partner that anyone could ever ask for. But I realized that I work best running a business by myself, like having that autonomy and independence and being the decision maker and just kind of working at my own pace. Um, I do things quite quickly. I take a lot of action. I just realized after going through that process that... I'm better off just being the the founder, the owner of a business rather than being in partnership. But that was something I had to experience to know that. And that was something that I thought that I always wanted. Like that was going to be the solution to all my problems. Just get a business partner and then they can, you know, pick up the slack. (laughs) You share all of the responsibility, all of the stress, the pressure, your skill set is then matched with someone else's skill set. And often there's like areas that you may struggle in that they can um, pick up in the business. So I thought that that would be a really good thing for me, but turns out it wasn't. And I also realized with styled images (laughs) that you can have a good idea, you can have an audience, but that is not going to be enough to run a successful business. You need a brand strategy and a business plan. Like you need to know where you're headed and you need to have a plan of how you're actually going to get there. And I see this happen quite often. Often we see it like with influencers when they go into business, not not saying anything disrespectful to influencers because there's a lot of influencers that run really successful businesses. But I have seen quite a few of them who have gone into business selling a product or offering a service and they've got that huge audience and they think they've got a good product or a service. They've got a, they've got an audience there that, you know, it's just going to happen for them. They're just going to be able to sell, but it's not enough. You need to have a brand strategy. You need to build a brand and it takes a lot more time and effort than just thinking, oh, this is a great idea. Everyone's going to come and buy it, but that's not going to happen for you. So that was a really good lesson. In Stephen Bartlett's book, Diary of a CEO, which I've actually just finished reading, one of the points that he covers is about asking ourselves, why would this business fail? And it's not a question that we often like think about because we don't want to imagine why a business would fail. But doing this simple task can really help you to put things in place to prevent failing on a big scale. So it gives you like a different perspective because we can get so tunneled vision in our business and not look at you know the reasons why this might not actually work out and if I had read Stephen Bartlett's book I would have had 
I would have had done styled images completely differently if I'd read it way back then. So, and I would have looked and asked myself, why would this business potentially fail? And then it would be like, okay, well, the obvious, um, we don't have a business plan, like we haven't built a brand, you know, like the obvious stuff. But at the time, it didn't seem that obvious because I thought, this is a wonderful idea. Everyone's going to want to buy it. But that's not enough. And that brings me to my third business, Socialized, which was my social media management business that I started in Nelson, New Zealand, where I live. This business grew really quickly. So I had hired permanent staff three, four months into the business. And that is quite, I guess, a bit risky because it's still such early days. But the business was growing so quickly and I needed support. So one of the lessons that I learned very early on, I hadn't had in any of my businesses prior, the two businesses prior, I'd never had permanent staff. I'd only had contractors or casual staff. So I realized that having staff isn't the solution to your business problems or the solution to growing. So hiring staff normally requires way more work initially before you see any return on that investment. So you need to be prepared to do everything you can as the business owner for the employment to be successful for everyone involved. So it requires a lot of your time to train someone, make sure you've got all your processes, your SOPs, like everything in place for that relationship and for that employment to be really a successful investment for your business. So that was a really good lesson that I had to learn and I didn't realize just how much time it would take me to bring someone into the business because I was still so early on in that business that I didn't have a lot of systems and processes and things established. I just knew that I needed help. I couldn't do the work on my own anymore. And I thought that that was kind of reason enough to hire someone really quickly. And I think looking back, I could have done it so much better. <laughs> and the second real good lesson I had to learn and socialize that being small can sometimes be best. <laughs> Just repeat that to yourself. Like being a small business owner can often be the best option. I read this book called The Company of One. And honestly, it changed my whole perspective on everything. It's a really great book. If you're really, really focused on growing, growing, growing and hustling your way to all this growth, read the book and it dives into why staying small can be the next best thing for your business or the, the, the best thing for your business. It revolutionized my thinking about business growth and how I could still remain small, but have this great business with a small strong team and I could still be just as profitable as if I kept growing to that kind of next stage of business and I thought you know that's what I always wanted I thought I wanted to have like this big team to grow into this big office space like I thought that that would be just like this incredible business to be just leading a team and then having everyone else do like the day-to-day -day work and the admin and everything else but that comes with a lot of other headaches in business and having staff you know anyone who's got a big team under them knows like that's a lot of responsibility to have on your plate there's always issues with staff regardless if you hire the best team or not there's always going to be something that pops up so I realized that I could actually stay small in my business I could just hire a couple people get contractors and I could still be really really profitable and I didn't need the huge office space or the team of 20 people like I didn't need all of that because there was ways that I could be profitable and 
reach like my version of success without having all of these things that I really didn't need. So that was a really great book and one that I would recommend. I also learned that it's important to stick to your packages. So you spend the time on creating these packages, these offerings in your business, if you're a service-led business owner. And there's a reason why you do that, because you want to streamline everything. You want pricing to be transparent. You want your clients to know exactly what they're going to get from you, um, how that relationship's going to work to see the best results. There's a reason why we have packages and we put together these beautiful PDFs with these are our key offerings. I started customizing my packages to meet my clients' needs. And it was a disaster, like an absolute disaster. It created such a headache for my business. And I was just being a people pleaser, trying to make everyone happy. They'd be like, oh, outside of your social media management package, can you just add on like all the content creation? Can you start doing photo shoots? Can you start, can you get a photographer? Can like all of these other things. I was like, yeah, 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 sure. I can do that. Why not? We can add that all in. But no, <laughs> I should never have done that. So stick to your packages. You can make little tweaks and customize it as you need to, but as your business grows, it's really important in my experience to have your packages reasonably streamlined. And I did realize that after a while, and then all of my um, social media management clients ended up being on very, very similar packages, which just made things so much easier to plan out like a month and to know what's coming up on what days of each month because everyone was running kind of to the same schedule so you know that that worked really really well final lesson and a really big one identify red flags early on you need to be looking for these red flags when a client inquires with you when you have that initial consultation early communications with a potential client you need to be like hunting out red flags. That's going to be your job from now on if you're a service-based business. I want you to go as far as like writing a list of red flags to look for when you're bringing on clients. And after you have a difficult client, think about, okay, what questions could I have asked that client before they came on board that would have avoided me ever taking that client on board? So one thing for me was... If I had asked, this was in my social media management business, if I had asked people right from the get-go, have you ever worked with a social media manager before and what was your experience like? There would have been a handful of clients that I never would have taken on and it would have been amazing for my business because I did take on a couple clients, there was one in particular, and she was just the client from hell like you think the worst possible client like i still get like anxiety even thinking about it because it was such a traumatic couple weeks of my life and i nearly thought that it would break me and that i wouldn't be able to come back from it, it was, that was how bad it was um she was just like incredibly abusive and i couldn't get out of it and it was just awful so that might be a video for another day or a podcast for another day don't make my mistakes. If I had asked that client, have you ever worked with a social media manager before and what your experience like was like, she would have told me. It was horrible and I hated all my social media managers and blah, blah, blah for all these reasons. Then I would have realized, okay, you're not maybe the right client for me because you just don't understand how this works or how social media works or, um, yeah, it would have avoided me taking on the worst possible client I could have ever imagined. So look for those red flags, start to write them down and have a list so that when you get in and you inquire, you're like, you can ask the right questions and try and avoid taking on clients that don't align with 
your business, your values, like what you've actually got to offer. Okay, now looking at Golden Brand, so the business I have today, a lesson that I had to learn quite quickly, like this is my fourth business, I've been in business for 11 years, I just don't feel patient anymore, like I want to have an overnight success, like I want my business to have a thousand members tomorrow and for me to be making a million dollars a year, <laughs> like that's, that's what my mind is like, yep, I'm ready for this, yep, bring it on, it's been 11 years, like I'm ready for that. I have had to realize that you need to be patient and you need to focus on the long-term like growth and plan and success rather than just focusing on short-term things that may see growth but are not going to be the best decisions for your business for long-term success. So that's something I would recommend to anyone who is in the early stages of business, who's feeling really impatient, who just want things to move along a bit, bit quicker we need to be patient. If you keep being consistent and taking the action and showing up and doing the things, you are going to see the growth. It's inevitable. It's going to happen for you. You just need to be a little bit more patient and to just focus on like that long-term goal, like that long-term vision, like what you're working towards and what are those small steps that you can take today to get you closer to that, to move the needle forward in your business. That was an important lesson that I had to learn and yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better about it now, but in that first 12 months, I'm like, why is this so slow? <laughs> I'm doing all the things and I just feel like it was, what's that saying? Like pushing some, a rock up a mountain or something like that. That's what I felt like it was like. Um, that's probably not the right saying, but you know what I'm talking about. Okay, second lesson, and this was actually something that my business mentor said to me last year. She said to me, Lisa, it is not your job to please everyone. And not only is it not your job, you actually can't please everyone. So no matter what you do, how amazing you are, how kind, considerate you are, how above and beyond you go for your clients, there's always going to be a small, very small number of people who will find something wrong with everything. And those people are not your people. You need to cut them out quickly and just move on and it's good, again, going back to those red flags, just looking for those things. Like if someone doesn't align with your business, a client, a staff member, a contractor, whatever it is, you just need to cut them out quickly, like move on as quick as you can. And there has been um, only one member who came into the membership and she just wasn't the right fit. It wasn't what she was expecting it would be. And she had kind of like these expectations that she would be getting one-to-one -one support every day of the week um, and that's obviously not how the membership operates or runs so it's yeah it was a good lesson for me to learn and for me to be really clear with what's actually included how we work how they can get support and how we can do it in a way that everyone benefits um, within the membership and you know they get what they need from it um, without me feeling like I'm coaching someone every single day of the week because that I can't do that with you know 100 plus members it's just not realistic so um, yeah that was a good one for me to learn that I have those tendencies just to people please and to try and make everyone happy and just to keep offering more and more and more so that everyone's happy I always had this fear that one day I might get like a bad review or a horrible email from a client who had a terrible experience and I would go above and beyond to make sure that that never happened but you know, honestly, what's the, what, that wouldn't do any damage when your business is, you know, you're doing the right thing and you're giving it your all and you're showing up, you're 
doing the things to serve your community, your customers, like you can't be worried about that type of stuff. Like you know that you're doing the right thing and you can sleep at night, it doesn't matter. There's always gonna be someone that's unhappy. So that was an important lesson I've had to learn. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you've resonated with. Is there anything that kind of stood out to you? Like, okay, that's me right now, something I need to implement or something that I need to look at for my own business. I would love to hear from you. Please just feel free, send me a DM on Instagram. It's the best way to contact me and I will be back next week with the third episode. Thanks so much for listening.